Welcome to Studio Hockey. My name is Ernst Baart. My co-host for today is Floris Geerts, hockey commentator for Belgian TV. Our guests for today are Jason McCracken, CEO at the FIH, as well as Marc Coudron, president for the Belgian Hockey Federation and board member at the FIH. The five topics for today will all closely be closely related to the first one, and that's a big one, the future of hockey. Will we be able to cram this into five minutes only? I doubt it, but let's give it a try. And secondly, we will discuss the new home and away league for a select group of national teams to be launched in 2019, followed by a third topic, the Hockey India League or HIL, and another recent game changer, the European Hockey League or EHL. And finally, for our fifth topic, we will be talking about the influence of all of the above on what we in Europe considered to be the foundation for our game of hockey, our national club competitions. So by now, I guess you're all thinking, when is this guy going to shut up and let the others join in? So before you start zapping away, let me pass on the microphone to Floris, who will be hosting the rest of our show. Floris, the, show, the floor is yours. Thank you very much, Ernst. Um, yeah, uh, let's start with Jason. Um, the FIH named uh, its strategy for 2014-2024 uh, um, the hockey revolution. So why did hockey need a revolution? I think uh, first, firstly, the, the future of hockey is very, very exciting. And we, and, and we as hockey fans should be, should be very optimistic about what's about to happen. Um, the reason that we needed a revolution is, is that our, our game became incredibly cluttered and very complex. Uh, we, had a, we had our World League events, which, which run through right at the bottom. They ran up to our semifinals, then they ran into our, our World League finals. We had a product called the Champions Trophy, which of course is a tournament we're all very familiar with. But sitting underneath that, we had the Champions Challenge. We also had the uh, European uh, Continental Federations. We had the World Cup. We had the Olympic Games. And in other words, it was a very cluttered and quite complex uh, array of events that have been sort of growing up over, over time. And to be fair, um, even hockey fans like myself, uh, you know, found it hard to explain where everything fits in. Certainly, uh, the, the wider community, the broadcast community, our TV and, and, and digital partners, and even the broader sports fan, people who love sport, but they found this whole, this whole hockey world quite confusing. Um, the second thing is that we we were playing a, a tournament format. So so picture a game of uh, Australia uh, playing Ireland uh, in Argentina. I mean, not many people in Argentina would come to watch that game because because the, there was no sort of there was no sort of necessity to it. And 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 the, from a broadcast perspective, it was on in very unusual time slots for both countries. So so we wanted to to build a a new suite of events. Uh, we wanted it to be quite radical, uh, and we wanted to have, have hockey being played at home. Um, at the same time, we also have got to maintain focus on the development of hockey outside the core sort of top countries. Uh, and I'm sure we'll touch on it today, but, but it was important that we made sure that hockey was available to everybody. Uh, we have 142 uh, national associations which make up the FIH. We're one of the largest global sports bodies in the world. We've got huge breadth. So we want to develop hockey, but not only at the top, but also at, 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 at the lower level. In effect, to try and grow the game around the world. And we felt that having a revolution was a, was a good way to start. Can you maybe, in short, uh, describe what this revolution will be? 
So the key things there are we're going to have a new set of events. We'll talk about those in a second. We're going to have events that are going to be attractive for television, broadcast, and the digital media. We're going to increase the marketing uh, uh, of, our, of our events. Um, and we want commercial partners or sponsors uh, who are going to support that. So four sort of four key uh, objectives. So uh, Mark, what role do national federations uh, play in this plan, do you think? Well, um, as a president of the Belgian Federation, I think we, we really have to, to be in this uh, new uh, home in a way structure because it's uh, really important. And like we, we have shown uh, during the, the replay of the final of the Olympic Games, it's really important, it's really uh, fantastic for the players to play in front of their own uh, audience, that their own public, in front of maybe for us it was 9,500 people or uh, something like this. So if I think it will be a success, of course it's always a challenge to, to organize that, but um, I think uh, that it will be a, a big success to, to do that. And I totally agree with what uh, Jason uh, just said uh, about the lack of spectators for top top games, uh, and we had that uh, last year in, in, in Belgium, for example, uh, during the, that was two years ago in, in, in Dragons, when uh, Australia was playing against uh, Great Britain, there, there was maybe three, four hundred people uh, watching the game. That's not normal. That's not normal. So the home in a way is really something uh, drastic for uh, the evolution of hockey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, Jason, uh, you, you said the, the revolution focuses on uh, commercialization, broadcasting the sport as, as such. But uh, the previous years, FIH focused on developing the sport in several regions. Isn't that a main focus anymore? Well, I think, I think as I mentioned before, we, have, we, we have a, as a sports body have both. But, but we, want to, we, we, have to, we have to drive this top down. So we have to have kids who see hockey on TV. They see stars. They see people who... Who you know, like some of the stars behind me in this image, you know, the, the people who are recognised globally as, as sports athletes. You know, look, I think um, of course we need to focus on development. But what we're talking about here with this this, this home and away league, and we'll we'll get into it in more detail. We're talking about increasing the television broadcast of hockey times ten, based on what we've been doing before. So if we end up with nine teams of men and nine teams of women, we're talking about 144 games of hockey. Every one of those going to hockey will be played at, a, at home, i.e. there will be at least one home team to fill the stadium, okay? And then they will go away and play a second game away. So this concept of playing in front of empty stadiums will cease to exist. We make a big, we talk about being big, packed, bold and loud. That's the sort of language we're using. Um, and, and we get the energy that we need to, to make very exciting spectacles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, Jason, if, if, if I can have my moment, we have basically we have two kinds of hockey. Uh, this is what we're seeing uh, already now and, and maybe in the future even more. We will have the, the hockey played by national teams, international hockey, but played by national teams, by, by countries. And we have those local teams, call it a club like we do in Europe, call it a franchise team like they call it in India. Or, or the, the Premier League in South Africa, or uh, there are different kind of local leagues as well. And it's going to be a very difficult task managing the, the calendar for both those kinds of types of hockey. Um, how are we going to do that? I think the reality is that, and we've talked about this, of course, to, to the national associations who have got incredibly strong 
um, uh, you know, domestic leagues, and you've just you've, you have named those. For some of those, for some of those leagues, they are looking to shift uh, where they're going to be played. For example, uh, Hockey India League will move to the end of the calendar year uh, because, in effect, home and away will, will oper operate in the first six months. However, uh, there is room, and we believe there is room in the schedule to have both an international tournament or event running, league running for six months, and the domestic competition. Um, because we've done some initial scheduling about what how this might work, uh, there's going to be sufficient windows uh, where the European teams, for example, will be based in Europe, and traveling teams will be coming to, to, to Europe. Let's pick an obvious one like Australia, for example. So they would come, they would come through probably in, in the mid to latter half of the of, of the first half of the year, um, and and there would be an opportunity for people to play both in their club event and also in their national team. Uh, we understand that, and so we, from a home and away league perspective, have increased the numbers uh, of people on the in the squad to 32. So you can have a national squad of 32, uh, and you might you might have uh, one particular match. Let's just pick Australia again, playing Belgium. It's a key game for Belgium, and they'll have their absolute best team uh, lining up for that. Uh, another team, possibly a, a perceived a weaker team, they could have release some players to play in that in their in their EHL or, or, or with their even with Dragons or with their club team. So we think there is space. Um, I think it's going to be a big challenge. One thing, one thing the FIH have, have, have done is we're, we're working collaboratively with uh, the national associations. And once we've selected the countries who are in the home and away league, we're setting up a league management panel of which the national associations will be part of that. They'll be part of the governance and administration of the league. So therefore, it's in their interest and our interest to make sure it's successful. So will those uh, home and away league games, will they be played in the weekends or uh, during midweeks? We think that it'll be a mixture. Uh, it, it feels like it'll be a, certainly one one weekend match and possibly a Tuesday or a Wednesday evening. But what we want to do, what our broadcasters are saying to us, tell us when hockey will be on TV. So our fans get to get to learn. They get to know that on a Wednesday night at 7 p.m. there's going to be a hockey game on in, in, in Europe. Or, or, or on a Saturday afternoon at you know 4 o'clock there'll be a hockey match in the Southern Hemisphere. So, so when we're doing the scheduling, we'll be talking with our broadcast partners to make sure we, we lock down the schedule. And, and, and hockey fans know that they'll be able to tune in, whether that's using you know, an online digital format, which increasingly is becoming very, very important for hockey, uh, or, or your traditional uh, television linear format. So you don't see any conflict between club hockey and uh, national team hockey? Oh, look, I think there's going to. Oh, I can't say there'll be no conflict. I think there's room for both. Um, and 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 when we sit down with the national associations who are who are finalised in the league, um, we'll we'll be able to work that through in partnership with them. But it won't be perfect. But but as I say, there will be some there will be some opportunities. As I say, Hockey India have, have decided to keep a clear window, uh, and they've moved. They will be in uh, 2019 moving Hockey India League to November December in the calendar. Um, yes, yeah, so, uh, let's talk about uh, less about the home in the weekly uh, uh, league now. Um, what would be the role of uh, five against five uh, hockey, which was promoted on the the Youth Olympics? Um, will it replace eventually eleven versus eleven? Look, I, I I don't think so. Not in the not in the certainly in the next couple of cycles around uh, hockey fives. I, I think hockey fives is a is a very exciting uh, product. 
Um, and and it, it, I, I want to see it. Uh, I want to see us continue to evolve it and experiment with it. Um, there's been some discussions at our executive board meeting about uh, about having both genders playing in, in, in a hockey fives type tournament. So we might see we might see the continental federations run a run a, an event like that. I mean, how exciting that would be for our game. Um, where we have our equal genders, you know, men and women playing hockey together in an international competition. So, so these are the sort of we, we see hockey fives as our innovation product. It's, it's we can we can experiment with rules and we can do some fun things with it. It sits nicely in that youth slot, I think, really really well. Um, and it also is a, is a lower cost format uh, for countries that possibly can't afford to you know, travel with a squad of 16, 18 plus support people. We're talking probably 25 staff and, and athletes, you know, to, for for a, for a team. So we we are excited by hockey fives. Um, we won't be launching a major Hockey Fives uh, sort of tournament format because we are focused on home and away in the, in the short term. Um, but we would like to work and, and look at some, some maybe some smaller events and continue to evolve Hockey Fives as, as an exciting, innovative part of our game. So, but for the traditionalists among us, we can rest assured that Hockey 11 versus 11 will be on the agenda of FIH will be on the agenda for national federations and will be on the Olympic agenda for the next 10, 20, 30 years? <laughs> 10, 20, 30 years, I think you'll be a very brave man sitting in my chair to project that. I can tell you that certainly for the next cycle, uh, uh, you know, Tokyo and beyond, uh, whether that's LA or Paris, and clearly we'll find out that later in the year, it will be the 11 side format. Certainly home and away will be the 11 side format. Um, so, you know, for the, for the Short to medium term, we're going to continue with the traditional game and then use Hockey Fives to experiment, to do some different things, as I mentioned before. Mark, if is a federation like the Belgian Federation, or maybe you know from, from others in Europe as well, where, where there's a big tradition already in 11 versus 11, will there also be experimenting with, with uh, this format of Hockey 5 versus 5? Uh, not yet in Belgium. There is no pitch, for example, uh, really use uh, pitch uh, on Hockey 5, but uh, maybe in the future. it's um, Actually, we, we do a kind of Hockey 5, but not a real Hockey 5 with our uh, youth. Uh, and the 6 and the 7 or 8 or the 9, they are playing in a shorter, uh, on a shorter field. But uh, a real Hockey 5, like the, with the rules of Hockey 5, is not yet the the possible. We don't have the possibility for the moment in Belgium to organize that. But uh, why not in the future? But uh, like Jason said, I, I think it's really important for the development of hockey, of hockey everywhere in the world, even in uh, Eastern Europe, for example, or for, uh, in uh, some islands in Pacific uh, Ocean or other places. It's really important to to develop hockey. But I'm not sure that uh, in all countries. I mean, the Netherlands, Germany, Belgium. For the moment, uh, we, we are struggling to, to have new pitches. It's not yet the possibility. We don't have the possibility for the moment to, to build uh, other kind of, uh, of fields. Yes. I just, uh, if I can, I just received an uh, email from the Belgian Federation that uh, the, the women's uh, uh, coach just stopped. What, what's, your, what's your comment on that, uh, Mark? Ah, <laughs> that's another comment. So, uh, yeah, that's right. We uh, we decided uh, yesterday to to stop with uh, Agate, uh, but uh, there is there will be for sure more news from uh, Adam, uh, who is now the the new uh, technical director of the the Belgian Federation in the coming minutes or the coming months, uh, uh, coming uh, days. Sorry, 
but uh, well, yeah, it was um, an important decision, and uh, um, yeah, it's maybe usual words, but I really like to thank uh, Agate for the the time uh, with the, the Belgian uh, team. But now we think that uh, it was better for the team to 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 go to another place and to to go with another people uh, with other people. So it's uh, a new yeah a new a new way of. Uh, how can I say that uh, of development for the women team? Okay, okay. thank you for the, the quick response. Let's let's talk about the, the home and away league. Um, Jason, for those who don't already know, can you explain in short what kind of tournament the, the home and away league will be? Okay, so firstly, it's a it's a global league with between seven and nine national associations, and I say between seven and nine because we're currently going through an application process. And at the June executive board meeting, we will confirm exactly how many teams are. But let's just, for the sake of this conversation, say that we have we have nine men and nine women. They will play a one-off match at home against the other eight countries. Then they will travel away to the other side of the world and play replay that game in a one-off match. Those uh, that that format will then collect points. And the top four will play, will play a grand final uh, in about in about June to June July in, in, in the midst of the summer. The winner of the grand final being our our home and away uh, champion. I, I think the other thing I'd say is that at this stage we will be launching home and away the home and away series uh, in uh, just before the World League semi-finals in London. We're still confirming the dates. We will be announcing. The names of the teams of the national associations participating. We'll be launching the new brand of what actually the home and away is called. Because at the moment it's a working title, and we have we have a very exciting uh, marketing campaign and a new brand. And we'll also be announcing who our, our broadcast digital media partners and our sponsors are. So at the moment we're working hard on all those things, bringing all those things together. But in, the sh in a few short months after the executive board meeting in, in June. We'll be launching all of that. All of that information will be out in the marketplace. It's a lot exciting stuff and lots to look forward to. So at the moment, there are 18 countries in the application process. Um, what are the selection criteria to become one of those seven or nine teams? It's a really good question. So we 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 are focusing on obviously the performance, so that you know they have to be a, a top uh, top 12 ranked country, so they have to be competitive. But they have to be uh, commercially viable. So this is this is a commercial product. Uh, we are looking looking to get very strong support, and we have already had some from from our broadcast partners and our sponsors, potential sponsors. Um, so so we've got to make sure that the mix is right. Um, and then of course we're looking for you know global reach to have to have uh, you know countries, for example, like the USA Women, who've done extremely well. Um, you know, as, as as part of this as part of this league, as well as the more traditional sort of big powerhouse uh, hockey countries. Mark, do you see uh, Belgium uh, or a home and away league without Belgium? Uh, no, of course not. <laughs> I hope Belgium will be in uh, with the men and uh, also with the women. Uh, it's not yet. Uh, we 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 don't have uh, decided yet what um, we we we're gonna do, but. Uh, that's that's really what we want to yeah we want to to be in of course uh, because uh, I'm sure it's uh, a crucial moment for the development of hockey and if Belgium is not 
in this, uh, or if a country, a top country, is not in this, uh, it will have some delay to, to come back. And uh, no, it's really uh, crucial for us, uh, for the men, for sure, and for the women also. What are the benefits of competing? Uh, sorry, Lynn. So, Mark, what are and the I just I just wanted to, to, to add to that because you, you, you're mentioning, Mark, also, if, if you're not in, then you might have a problem catching yeah. up or, or stay, staying staying involved with really top hockey. Yeah. Um, Jason or, or Mark also, what, what will be the possibilities for those countries that do not get selected, that do, are not in those top nine? Will there, will there be a, a, a second tire kind of home and away league or something? they can work in to, to, to aspire to get into the, the real home and awake league later on? It's a really important question because remember I mentioned this concept of development. So um, we, we have, as part of the new event portfolio, so we look at all our events, we've got our, our home and away league sitting at the top, um, but the next tier is going to be a, a revised format of the current World League arrangement. So World League 1 and World League 2, that's being reformatted so, you know, countries from, you know, very small countries from Thailand to Venezuela to Samoa could, could you know, come in at the bottom and, and follow their dreams uh, and potentially make their way through to what's going to be, it's going to be reformatted, um, but potentially could still qualify for both the Olympics and, and, and the World Cup. So, so we've, we've made sure the doors are closed. Uh, and also, we're also considering that possibly Home and Away League is a four-year cycle. Um, but if we start with, say, seven teams, we will, we will look at having uh, teams join after two years. Um, but uh, we think we're already oversubscribed. Uh, we, we're pretty confident we're going to end up with nine men and nine women's teams in the Home and Away. But in the future, it, it won't be possible there to have a second division, let's say, uh, something um, like that. Look, I think it is possible in the next round. And I think if this is highly successful, uh, potentially we could have a second tier um, and, and then potentially have a, you know, have a promotion relegation concept. We haven't, we haven't gone down that track at this stage. We want to launch the premier event. Remember, we've removed Champions Trophy, Champions Challenge, we've removed World League Finals, we've, we've cleared the decks to create space for the Home and Away League. Um, and, and from what we're hearing from our, our broadcast partners, TV, digital media and sponsors is they, they get it, they like it, they love the fact that the hockey's going to be played in front of home crowds, they love the fact that, that we're increasing the amount of coverage times 10, uh, they love the fact that we'll be able to tell a story over a long period of time, so rather than sort of arrive in Ireland, play for two weeks and disappear, and then pop up again in Australia for another tournament, that, that every year, uh, for five to six months of the year, they can tell the story. So we can run online, uh, you know, Facebook pieces. We can run the sort of the sort of the sort of conversations that we're having here in this format, um, because we know that hockey is being consumed more and more in this digital online format. Um, and 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 you know, one of the very interesting statistics coming out of Rio is that hockey has gone from being last in London in terms of its digital presence. We're now third of all Olympic sports. Um, behind football and athletics. So, so hockey has, has done something amazing because in, in this digital online space in the last in the last four years. And so we know that that we're capturing that, that hockey consumers are loving this new digital format in terms of how to engage with our game. Yeah. One of the uh, front runners, one of the front runners, if I might mark and then you, you, you can join in here as well. But one of the front runners for this digital and, and uh, being on the new media 
and and showing hockey in a new way was the European Hockey League, the EHL, uh, which started some 10 years ago now. Um, still, the, the, the EHL has had some difficulties in finding and, and keeping their sponsors and finding new sponsors and, and, and growing the format. Um, is, there, is, there, is there a place in, 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 in the, the bigger event portfolio for a format like the EHL? Mark, what do you think about this? Uh, I'm sure, and it's uh, also uh, what the players want, because uh, EHL is not only played by European players, but uh, by world players. We have in the Netherlands, in Germany, in Spain, in Belgium, uh, a little bit less maybe in England, but we have so many international players. I mean, out of Europe, uh, from Argentina, from New Zealand, from uh, Australia, and, and so on, from South Africa. So that's, that's so important for the players to play at the top of their club, uh, at the top... Uh, of the European competitions. So yes, I, I think we. what I, I really appreciate, and uh, I, I say that in front of him, or, or uh, but um, what I really appreciate with Jason is the, the openness, or the, the open-minded uh, of, uh, of Jason. Uh, we are now in a new cyclist. I mean, uh, we want to find win-win solutions for everybody. And I'm sure there are places for everybody, Hill, EHL, uh, home in a way, national competitions in Europe, we can find solutions. And uh, for example, the, the change uh, in the calendar for um, to organize the, the away from Europe in January, February, during normally the stages outside, that's a good period to, to go to Australia, to New Zealand, to India, to uh, Argentina, and to have a, a gap at the end of the championship. So after mid-May to play a lots of games, and still have a few competitions game between, uh, so in April, May, March, April, May, uh, to have far, four or five games, it's actually not different as now, because now we, we still have a few fair games against maybe Great Britain who is coming to Belgium, or uh, Belgium who is going to, to Germany, or maybe we play uh, other nations. So it's not so different. Yeah. What will be really good uh, it's that we can organize the championship. We can organize because the calendar will be fixed. We know from the start that we're going to play against the Netherlands, to say something, on the first uh, Wednesday of March, to say something. Mm -hmm. Each year, we know that from the beginning. And that's really good because what, what we miss for the moment is actually a kind of, um, yeah, uh, an easy, an easy calendar for the for the teams, for the clubs. No, uh, if uh, tomorrow in the Netherlands wants to play against Belgium uh, in April, maybe we're going to say, okay, oh, we're going to find something. No, no, uh, it's fixed. We know from the start that in 19, 20, 21, and 22, we know that Belgium will will be playing uh, the Netherlands on the first Wednesday of March of April. Something uh, doesn't matter when, but we know that. And so the calendar can be organized in. Uh, in uh, with uh, with this uh, in uh, in mind, yeah. But uh, a very good point that Flores made made to me earlier today uh, is that a lot of the players who are not in national teams but are top players in 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 in, in the local leagues in, in in at the top clubs but just don't make the national teams for whatever reason, for them playing in the EHL is the ultimate dream. Of course, uh, and, and and for the other teams. I mean, for top players, but not from the top three of the championship, the, the national competition is also the top for them. So 
we have really to find a place for everybody. And I'm sure it, it's possible. I'm sure it's possible. It, okay, maybe the, the, the best calendar won't be easy for everybody, but I'm sure we can manage that and we can fine-tune that. Mm -hmm. well, um, well, going back to the calendar then, at, at, immediately, to, today was announced that the next World Cup, for instance, in, uh, in 2018, will be uh, held in India, in Bhumaneshwar, where there's lovely crowds, so we all love that. We, we love to see uh, the big crowds and the big, the big and loud crowds, huh, Jason. <laughs> uh, but uh, for the timing of that, that, that uh, major event, it's, it's, it's one of the two major events in, in, in the world of hockey, uh, it's now announced for, for the end of November, uh, the beginning of December which will mean that, well, Mark, you will know as well, national team coaches usually ask for a period of more or less six weeks, at least, where they want to have their national team to prepare for a major event. That will mean that, that our national club competition will hold from beginning of, of, of November or beginning of, uh, beginning of uh, half of October already. How, how can we fit this in? May, may I have an answer, Jason, or do you want to answer, Jason? Okay. Um, once more, we, we have to, to be creative. Uh, maybe we have to begin uh, this year, so I mean in uh, 18, uh, maybe at the end of August. Uh, maybe we have to, to, to anticipate a little bit the calendar and uh, to, to play maybe a few double weeks, uh, uh, Wednesday, Sunday or something like this, or Friday, Wednesday. Uh, but. In the past, it was also like this. I remember I, I played the 94 uh, World Cup in Sydney, and it was uh, from, I think, the 10th of November till uh, the end of November. So it was worse <laughs> because we, we stopped the, the competition at the beginning of, uh, of, uh, of even, yeah, I think it was the beginning of October. I played also another tournament, qualifica qualification tournament for, uh, for the Olympics of Athens, and it was uh, in the middle of March. So it was also a problem. It's not new. Uh, and now, actually, with the exception of, uh, of a World Cup, uh, it will be easier, I'm sure, to organize everything. Because from a few years before, and even we know for the World Cup 2022, it will be known that uh, the, the, the dates will be fixed. I don't know when, but and I don't know when and where. <laughs> but uh, it will be fixed uh, with a few years before. So it will be easier to organize everything. Of course, the, the, the ideal uh, calendar doesn't exist, that's for sure, but maybe we, we have to, uh, to think about uh, new, uh, new, new periods and maybe the end uh, of uh, August could be one. Jason, um, is the, the Men's World Cup um, situating in uh, uh, end of November, beginning of December, will be that a fixed moment for the World Cup in the future as well? Um, we are trying to we are trying to have a more stable uh, calendar. So so we we now know with we now know that uh, with the home and the way league, so we know what the next six years look, look like. And to answer Mark's question is that we'll be inviting applications for the 2022 World Cup in October this year. So so by next year you will know. We're hoping that by the World Cup you will actually know where we'll be in four years time. Now the FIH historically has, has never looked that you know that far ahead. But, but we are hearing from, from fans and broadcasters and, and athletes and, and high-performance directors that they want more certainty of the schedule and the calendar. So, so 
and we are, we're listening to that and we are planning far far further ahead and uh, um, an, a major tournament which uh, which uh, exists now is the, the hockey india league um uh, you said earlier that uh, they will have a fixed slot um when will that be because i read somewhere that it will be september but um from it would be yeah from 2019 so not 18 because 18 is the world cup 2019 they're moving the hockey india league to the end of the calendar year so november december okay and there will be a fixed slot that's they, they will move it they'll keep it in that slot yes are there uh, other tournaments who also get a fixed slot other domestic leagues well look we, we we're not dictating we're not dictating the schedule outside fih event so you know the fih i suppose sits at the top of the pyramid we have the olympic games we have the world cup and we now have this home and away league which will run in the first half of the year um and then you know there'll be there'll be other tournaments that will sit around that so we're not dictating that i think i think we've been very clear about that um, and and we're inviting national associations to come and join us. And, and what's pleasing is that that they are they, that they are excited about about what we're doing, and 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 we're working very collaboratively together. Yeah, the, the hockey India League was so important for Indian hockey. Um, has it also contributed to the world? Look, I think so. I was fortunate enough to go to the uh, Hockey India League this year. Um, it was one of the first events I, I attended as the new CEO. Um, and I was impressed by by the quality. I mean, I've I've been involved in hockey since the Olympics in 2000. So, so I've seen a lot of hockey games in my life. Uh, I was very impressed by the quality, uh, the intensity. Uh, they have some new innovations around the the, the points for goals, uh, field goals versus penalty corners. I, I really like that sort of aspect. It totally changed the dynamic of the game. Um, you know, they had good crowds. They had great TV production. Um, and, and you know the international players added real, real sparkle to to what was happening. And talking to talking to Roland Altman's the the high performance director, the, the, the Indian coach, he says, look, you know the, these Indian players they don't they're not intimidated by these these world stars anymore. You know they they play with them, they tackle them, they they. And I think you're right. I, I have to give India hockey huge credit because it has. No doubt, improved the the quality of their national team and the quality of their competition. Look, they've taken a risk and and and, and they've succeeded. Succeeded. So, um, you know, I think it's an important part of the, the development of the game. But it's it's so it's especially beneficial for for India because if I if I may blunt, I think the the, the quality of the game isn't as high as in in the Netherlands or in Belgium. It's uh, your very. Uh, <laughs> Personal opinion, it's certainly not the quality of the hockey that I saw in, in, in India uh, four or five weeks ago. Um, you know, the, the final was incredibly competitive, um, you know, and, and the, the semi-finals equally so. So, look, I, I actually think the standard is, is, is very high. And, you know, you, perhaps you can get some, some guests from the international athletes and players who play in the hockey in the league and ask them the same question. But, but you know, just like, you know, European hockey over the last, you know, say 20 years has really benefited by the quality of the competition between, you know, not only club but national leagues and, and being able to drive across the border and play, you know, Germany versus Holland, Belgium versus England, uh, Spain versus, you know, Spain versus Holland. You know, that's no doubt that that has improved the quality of hockey. Uh, and what we're seeing is that in, in, in India, it's certainly improved the national team. Um, so, so I think, you know, I just think more good quality, high quality hockey helps the game, uh, it, it markets, it promotes the game. 
and, and you need to realize that Hockey India was a, was a big risk for them. You know, they raised a lot of money. Um, uh, they got star behind it from a production perspective, you know, and they've been able to pay their athletes uh, and their officials. And, you know, they've, they've brought a new level of professionalism to hockey. And, and some of our top athletes globally have benefited from that. So, Mark, um, do you consider the Hockey India League as a competitor to the domestic league in Belgium? Uh, a competitor? Yes. Is it, is it yeah, more yeah. a rival of the Belgian league or is it something which, is, um, which can exist together or um, be uh, beneficial for each other? Uh, once more, I think uh, it, it's uh, beneficial. Uh, I think it's uh, once more a win-win solution to find for this. Uh, it won't be easy if it's in December. It's maybe better than in January, actually, because otherwise it will be uh, during the home and away uh, first one. I mean, the first part of the home and away. Uh, I'm sure that in the future, maybe in 2025, 2030, it will be different also for the EHL. Uh, why not uh, within 10 years? Uh, teams uh, will be actually a city like uh, you have in the NBA. Maybe you will have uh, some uh, competitions between Brussels and Hamburg and uh, Amsterdam and London and uh, no more uh, Dragons, uh, uh, UHC and, uh, and Blumendal, uh, but uh, real city, why not? That's maybe within 10, 12 years. I, I, that's just out of the mind, out of the blue, but uh, that's maybe the evolution. Like, like it is in, in the hill, uh, you have some cities uh, playing for uh, for the or, or in a way or i mean for the hill uh, in india so that's that's maybe a possible evolution uh, it will be totally different from now of course but uh, maybe with the example of uh, of the hill the example of the home in a way it will be different for the ehl EHL has has brought us some some truly innovative innovations in, in in the rules as well, like like the self pass, which has been the the, the, the most exemplary and, and and the most beautiful rule change we've seen in in recent times. I think um, what they are experimenting now with in India and in, in the HIL with the, the double goal for a field goal instead of a, a, a penalty corner. Is this something that you see evolving also to towards an international rule, uh, Jason? I think back to when I sort of umpired my first Olympic Games, I was blowing offside, I was, uh, you know, anything, the ball was off this high off the ground, we free hit out, you know, obstructing, you turn your backside around, it's a free hit, you know. The, the game we watch today is completely different. And, and I think, you know, other sports, I, I'm lucky enough to meet other sports uh, CEOs and they look at hockey and, and they, you know, with amazement about how innovative we've been and how we've changed the rules and made our game faster, more exciting, more spe you know, more spectacular. Um, so the answer to that question is that this game will continue to evolve. Um, and what I like about the likes of the leagues you've discussed, uh, you know, and I've got to say EHL probably, you know, at the forefront. I mean, they introduced video umpiring, for example, you know, the self-pass. I mean, there's dozens of different examples. India is now playing with a point system. What I like about that is that you can spend some time incubating these ideas in these types of tournaments and then bring them to the FIH. And we have very strict processes around this. We have our rules committee, competitions committee, made up from continental federations all around the world. So it's not just a, it's not just a European idea or an Australian idea or, or, or something out of India. We then formalize that um, and then we bring it in. Initially, we normally bring them in into our regulations and we might test that uh, in an event. 
and then formalize it into a rule. So we have quite a, a disciplined process about bringing these ideas forward. But as I say, what I love is that we have these different competitions around the world that experiment with our game and, and continue to push it forward. It's very exciting. Um, I think we're, we're coming towards the end also of the show. Um, Flores, unless you have some other questions, you can interrupt me. But I, I would like to ask one final question to the, both Jason and Mark is, what would be your ideal vision? Where would hockey be in 20 years of time? So really a long term. Maybe if I start, I mean, I, I certainly have joined the organization. I know our new president does and, and the executive board, you know, we spent our first meeting discussing, you know, what's our, our vision. And our vision is to be a global game that inspires a whole generation of hockey players. And it's, it's the coolest vision, I think, of any sports body, which is to say, you know, let's make this game marketable. Let's let's have our athletes who are earning career, earning income and, and careers. Let's have young kids who want to pick up a hockey stick and, and be part of this revolution. So 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 for me, you know, this constant drive to inspire kids, athletes, fans, officials, uh, sponsors, and TV broadcasters to be part of this game, and and and, and let's put it where it should be. Mm -hmm. Mark, as, as a president of a national federation, what is your point on this? Uh, my, what can I say uh, with certainty is that uh, I won't be president anymore within 20 years. <laughs> That's the first one. But uh, um, no, it's not far from uh, what Jason say. of course. Uh, my only objective is to welcome all the players in Belgium who wants to begin hockey, uh, young girls, uh, young uh, boys, and to, to have the best accommodations possible, the best fields, and also the best uh, trainers and the best coaches. And above that, uh, to explain to the parents, more maybe than the, to, the, to the young kids, uh, what the values of hockey are. Uh, that's for me the the only way to go and uh, we are now not so far from uh, a 50-50 gender we are above 40% uh, now we, we were less than 20% 10 years ago so I think for 2020 we will be 50-50 we will be 50-50 <laughs> strange to say but uh, that's uh, that will be the case so uh, what I want for uh, hockey in Belgium within 20 years is not not the problem is not the, the the number of players, but the quality of uh, of the fields, the quality of the accommodations, and the quality of the trainers and the coaches, and to explain what hockey is, off the field and on the field. Thank you. Actually, like no, <laughs> that's our that's our mission now, and we have to to go on like this. It's a never-ending story. That's what we have to do. What that's what the leagues are doing in Belgium. That was uh, the the federation is doing in Belgium is to go on and uh, to develop. If you if, if at one point we're just here to, to manage, then we go behind, we go backwards. Uh, we have to develop, to develop um, financially uh, on, a, on a good basis, uh, but uh, we, we have to go on uh, in the development of all sports. Floris, any last questions from you for those gentlemen, for those two gentlemen? Uh, not, not really. Uh, I hope to see them as soon as possible to have a, uh, to have a drink or something and to discuss this uh, a, a bit more, of course. And, uh, and I wish them uh, the, a very nice day as, uh, ahead. So, uh. 
Okay. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. I think uh, we've, we've gone over our time a little bit, but okay, if you're talking about the future of hockey, it's really difficult to limit it uh, <laughs> in time. We're, we're all passionate about hockey, so we like to talk about it. Huh? Uh, but thank you very much for your, for your time today and for, for the explanations uh, and, uh, and your views on, uh, on the future of hockey. Thanks for tuning in to Studio Hockey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. And as always, enjoy your hockey. Bye-bye.